RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. So last week here at Reality Check Radio, we heard the news that five candidates from Democracy NZ had walked. We had Matt King on, leader of Democracy NZ, founder of the party, I think last Monday, explaining the situation, putting his view on it. Then we talked to Matt Shelton, one of those candidates, and he kind of gave us a a little look into what might have been going on, but uh, only uh, so far. Um, and if you heard that interview or heard free play that, you'll know what I'm talking about. We have two more of those candidates from that group, Kirsten Murford and Lee Smith, joining us right now here at RCR. Welcome to our radio station. Thanks for coming on. Great. Thank you for having us on, Paul. Okay. Thank you, Paul. No problem. So... <laughs> been a bit of a furious week or so for you guys and the time building up to last weekend. Um, you okay? Everything all right? Yeah, it really has been a roller coaster ride, um, starting off with so much excitement back in February when I was announced. And yeah, just a ro- complete roller coaster ride, just exhausting. Hmm. What about you, Lee? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yep. We just, you know, started out gung-ho and intended to carry on that way uh, all the way along, of course. And and I think we campaigned really, really well, um, given some of the constraints. And uh, I've enjoyed it. And, you know, I've, the, the most important thing for me is that I've actually really enjoyed connecting with the, the good people of New Zealand, the people that want um, change in the political sphere. So, yeah, no, no regrets from me. Yeah, no, I can agree with that as well. My local volunteer team were amazing. We're really getting traction down here. We kept everything completely away from the volunteers as we really believed that we could resolve some of these issues, but then we had to bring it to a head after okay, four so months of trying. I should yeah. say at this point that there are some things that y- you can talk about and some things that that you sort of can't go into and uh, people understand um, how those uh, agreements are, are formed and, and you come to them. So we, we respect that. But I guess we want to try and get an idea of, of you know, sort of the environment that you've been in, let's say. Lee, you're one of the, or if not the original candidate or the first candidate, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yep, so I went along to a Democracy in New Zealand meeting uh, just out of interest, uh, I think back in July 2022 at the Fodder Fodder um, event. And I uh, just wanted to check out what uh, Matt was all about. You know, I, I definitely admired him for walking away from the National Party. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people are in that same boat. They were looking for something that they could put the energy behind, that they could get behind to see positive change in the country. Um, you know, after six years of uh, pretty much a train wreck, um, obviously there's been, you know, decades of that as well, but particularly so in the last few years. So, yeah, it was a, it was a great meeting. And, uh Matt actually approached me at that meeting to be a candidate. Uh, full disclosure, I'd stood for a uh, new conservative in 2020, uh, along with Leighton Baker. Um, and, yeah, I, I actually didn't really even want to get into politics, to be honest. <laughs> Anyone that knows me knows that I can't stand the politics of politics. Um, but, yeah, uh, I was announced on uh, September the 30th as the first can- candidate for Democracy NZ. Um, really proud to do so, of course. Um, yeah. So it was, it was great. Kirsten, when did you come into it? Uh, probably around October last year, Lee's husband, Ross, actually contacted me and said, would you be interested in standing? Um, I took a little bit of time to consider that because I'd actually never considered politics before. 
but obviously over the last three years I've been really active in the freedom community. So I went across to Hamilton in November to meet Matt. We had a really good talk. He seemed quite awake in many aspects for a politician. And then I was launched on the 9th of February this year, when um, which was the most amazing night. I mean, Matt's a very good charismatic speaker. Everyone said it was thoroughly, thoroughly sorry, enjoyable. Um, and then a week later, the financial backer sent an email to all of us raising a whole lot of serious concerns, which was a bit of a downer after being on such a, such a high. When you say um, <clears throat> raising serious concerns about concerns surrounding, you know, what? I won't go into the details. That's for um, the financial backer to release, mm. and he may be willing to talk to you. But he had enough concerns that he and other people left. I think it was nine in total. And I did put a lot of weight on me because he's an experienced business person and these were experienced business people. So they wouldn't walk without a reason. And he had contributed a significant amount of money into um, the party. So there was, in your mind then, a sort of disconnect between the public show of it and, and what you were hearing on the other side. Honestly, I didn't know what to think at that stage. I signed myself up, put my reputation on the line, and then suddenly I was having to deal with this nuclear bomb going off, basically. So I didn't know what to think. How how long ago was that? Um, We were sent the email on the 22nd of February, and I was launched on the 9th of February, so a week or two after my launch. So you went in to, and and did you get the same email, Lee? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I received that email. It was, um, it was rather disconcerting, um, especially seen as we had also put other people's names forward um, as potential candidates. Um, so I felt a huge responsibility, of course. Yeah, so you were sort the, of conflicted. Oh, sorry, you, sorry for, but you're, you're both what sort of conflicted Absolutely. Uh, yeah, from that point. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, there was, and the, yeah, it was, yeah, it was unsettling. Yep. The backer was also a board member, so he walked as well, and the comms manager and a few others. So as I said, I'm pretty sure it was about nine. So I wasn't quite sure what to think. Yeah. yeah. Is this around, you know, basic political philosophy and approach? Is that the area that the concern was in? It was around um, improvements um, that needed to be made within the foundational structure of the runnings of the party. Right. Um, there, as you know, we, we're just obviously speaking from our own perspective and, and, you know, everyone can appreciate there's always two sides to everything. Um, so fully aware of that, but yeah, it was, it was unsettling, but it wasn't, you know, it was something that we were obviously willing to work through. Um, otherwise we wouldn't have stayed there as long as we did. Yeah, absolutely. So are we talking about, and you, you could you answer or, or not answer anything uh, you know that that you want the way you want to do it. But are we talking about the actual business running of it, or or is it something wider than that? Yeah, a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, so it's the way that the the party was doing business, but it was what the the. Sort also, the, the culture, culture I, the, the culture. Probably the culture is a good word to use. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And when did the culture part of it become apparent to you? Because it obviously did, because you walked. So when when did that? Was that um, from day one of being alerted, or did you see that sort of? No, over time? it was a, it was a, a slower uh, thing to 
you know, be made aware of. Um, yeah, there was just some general concerns reasonably early on for me, uh, which I did bring to the attention of the board and uh, was hoping to have a, a really positive outcome there. Um, I definitely am not a person that shies away from hard work. Um, so I was, I was absolutely willing to work through really pretty much anything. So, yeah, it was just a bit of a pattern that was becoming established over time. Yeah, I think that's fair call. It sort of evolved over time. We saw more and more where, where we got that first letter from the financial backer. We knew there were two sides of the story. We were told that the financial backer was blackmailing, trying to take over the party. We were excited, but it would seem that what was in that letter, there actually was some merit to it and some validity. Yeah. So that would have that suggested an element of funding was was taken away. Is that correct? That's my understanding. Is that your yeah. understanding, Lee? Yeah, that's my understanding of the situation. Yeah. Okay. Now, in terms of the way, because I think uh, Matt King indicated that you know that you that the people involved here weren't up for the hard work. Uh, didn't understand. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Know, you already we, got your answer there, but but you know you went up for the cut and thrust of politics, sort of naivety and all that sort of stuff. It was kind of the way he bundled up describing what he thought uh, was behind um, your group, sort of walking. We've taken yeah. a really considered approach, haven't we, Lee? Where we raised it with a letter to start off with. It has been elevated by Matt up to the board, not us. Mm. And we've had three letters, I think, to and from talking yeah, with the board definitely. and we our aim was to resolve these issues yes we've been mature about it yeah yeah absolutely there was no malice whatsoever it was um all good and all well intentioned absolutely and mm -hmm. um we wanted to see the party thrive you know in all aspects so that was um what we well what i personally thought was actually the responsible thing to do absolutely to grow the party yeah. such high hopes and I mean I hope Matt actually releases our letters so you can actually see the thought that was put into them mm. and it was the four of us to start with put a lot of effort into those letters considered them would come back draft after draft acknowledge all the good parts of the party and then try to raise the issues in a constructive manner yes definitely yeah I guess the question for credibility for him and the party is understanding whether this was something that he became aware of, like you, but obviously it's his um, party, his gig, he's going to stay with it, or was he was he part of the developing problem? Um, I think that if you, if you don't uh, have accountability within your own party and within the own foundational workings of your own party, you can't really be expected to have that in a parliamentary setting. So I do think that the foundation of anything is the most important. Um, if you don't have a rock solid foundation where there's really good communication um, and people are able to you know, bring to the, the attention of the leadership um, valid concerns, because that, that's what it was for, well, for me personally, I know Kirsten and, and Matt and Steve felt that way as well. Um, it was all about you know, bettering the party, growing the party, um yeah just yeah and we all worked so hard as well didn't we we did yeah yeah i hard. was out there campaigning the whole time with this happening in the background not mentioning anything to my volunteers mm -hmm. yeah me too 
yeah, we just we kept on planning things, you know, and and you can you know you can look at our Facebook pages to to see that that's the case. You know, we never stopped campaigning. We never stopped being positive about the party. We did um, whatever we did. We did it as professionally as we could. We tried to keep it in house. Um, yeah, and I think that you know I, I doubt I don't think that we're politically naive at all. I think that we're very grassroots. We've we've sort of gone out there and done the hard yards in a lot of different areas. Um, you know, I'm a, a former groundswell coordinator as well, and that was that's all grassroots stuff. So yeah. we have a very good understanding of how things work. So you didn't come down in the last shower, like you kind of made out that you. you no. no. <laughs> I want to go through some of these points, if you don't mind. Okay, so full transparency of the members of the board and leadership. Mm. What do you, What do you mean trans? Well, I know what transparency means, but what kind of transparency are we talking about here? Mm. So for me personally, and I can talk about this because I did my due diligence like they did their due diligence on myself, is I wanted to know who the board was prior to signing up. I think that's quite fundamental when you're signing to a party because the board makes the decisions. Uh, I found out after signing up as a candidate that there were two people that are not listed on the website. Um, I know it's going around that they're saying it's in the candidate's book, but the candidate's book was not made available prior to becoming a candidate because it's their intellectual property that they're so scared of losing. Um, so I didn't know who these two people were. And one person yeah. was actually represented as a volunteer. Yeah, that's the same situation for me as well. So when I signed up to the party, I signed up obviously in good faith with all the information that was available to me at the time. Um, and those two people were definitely not disclosed. And if anybody would go back to that point, uh, you would see that yourself on the website as well, that mm -hmm. there uh, just, you know, uh, four people, I believe, that were listed on the website as yeah. being involved with the board. So the next question is, why would those identities not be disclosed? Well, that's only sort of come out recently. So I understand that when there was a board meeting with the funder, it apparently got quite heated. And we were told at that point in time, one of the reasons they were getting rid of the funder was he had upset somebody who had a protection order, one of the board members. So we didn't know who that was. And I just assumed it was the only lady in on the website because, I mean, that seemed like a logical yep. <laughs> assumption to make. I think, yeah. And so I actually thought it was her. But it's come out there, this other woman um, who I don't recall being on many of the Zooms or board meetings, Julie. She no, was no, in the, no. yeah, on the no, last I, week or two. No. She was, but it was just mis the name of the person at the bottom. And then on the day that they sacked Steve, she was added to the candidates group along with another board member who hadn't been there previously. Yeah, that's correct. That's my experience as well. So added to, presumably you had to go through some sort of process to become a candidate, did you? Yes. We had to fill out some forms. It went to the board and then we were told, but we weren't interviewed by the board formally. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, change in party culture. We've talked about the culture stem, the outflow of good people. Well, uh, there are... You five, what are, how many others have have walked out then? It's really hard to ascertain, isn't it, Lee? Because so many volunteers have left without it, it always yeah. seems to be sort of covered up. Yeah, definitely. So being the candidate that was announced at the very outset, I, I've definitely seen that happen. 
Um, obviously, I'm not going to name names here, but yeah, it's just, I think that the culture change was the most important for me because on internally, I think you need to be the same. Your private and your public face actually need to be the same. And, you know, if, if things are not working correctly in the internal aspect um, and people are bringing forth their valid concerns and they're just sort of being, uh, I don't know, kind of a little bit flippantly disregarded, that that made me feel really uncomfortable because it, it's not the way that I interact with people in my everyday life or in my own business. Mm. And the bigger problem was not only were we hemorrhaging really experienced and good volunteers that were willing to give up their time free, mm. they were left feeling really bitter when they left. So they were actually going out and trying to damage the brand of the party. And that's one of the reasons we were really concerned about that. Yeah, that's that's not good. No, and when I raised, so we raised it within our letters and then we were doing one response back to the board and I asked the chairman, was there a percentage or a number that we could have about how many people have actually left? And the response I got was, I've never seen anything like it, including Bible quotes and telling me what my role is. And I have been told that my role is to hand out pamphlets in a telephone conversation. And I said, well, campaigning is actually a lot harder than that. Yeah, it was very dismissive tone, um, which was really disappointing because, as we said earlier, it was these things were only ever brought to the attention of the board because we're really concerned and we, we wanted to see them succeed. Mm, absolutely. When you say Bible quotes, um, is, there, is there some religious component to the management of this party? And is there some sort of patriarchy at work here? We actually don't know a great amount about the board members, do we? Really, Lee, no. do we? No, not really. No. There's, yeah, I think, I, I don't think that there's, you know, anything necessarily um, purposely untoward there, but perhaps mm. it just comes from a mindset that those people might have been involved with before, you know, a way of a certain way of doing things. Um, a little bit of unwillingness to to change the way that you can operate with people. Yeah, but to minimise, to say you're just there to hand out pamphlets. I mean, if, if someone told me that, I'd tell you to stick your party where the sun don't shine. I mean, <laughs> well, know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was after our campaign manager resigned because of the issues that had been raised. Um, and then I got the telephone call and I said to the chairman, I said, we think we really, really need to have a robust conversation around this. Because we're doing this to help the party, we believe in the party, we want it to be a two-way trust, yeah. but every time it was just very dismissive to the point that we were told that we'd be told things on a need-to-know basis, there was going to be no transparency around the board's decisions, which made me really worried when we're meant to be living up to our name, Democracy NZ. Yeah, that, that style of leadership just, um, it doesn't, uh, instill confidence in your ability to campaign strongly um, although we did we carried on you know we just carried on campaigning because we know you know New Zealand's in such a dire situation politically mm -hmm. um, if we don't get good change in there and so you know we actually put ourselves aside to be honest and we just yeah, we, we just did. carried on we definitely put our feelings aside and put the party at the forefront yeah because I've seen a lot of um, from the the things I mentioned at the start of chatting to you, you know, with Matt King on and 
I think we've had him on before as well, and also Matt Shelton, that um, I could tell there are a lot of people out there who really saw a lot of hope in this. They really did. Yeah, and they I, did. I think they're still trying to find, scrape together hope in it. Um, so it's, it's going to be tough. And that's why we took such a considered approach and really tried for four months to resolve it. And it wasn't until we were told that there wasn't going to be transparency and that he saw defiance, lack of loyalty. And if we continued this way, there'd be no future for us. I mean, how do you keep campaigning and keep getting your volunteers to give up time? Like I had volunteers standing on the side of cold streets, like mm. doing human hoardings, coming along to meetings, giving them money, giving them their hope and trust. How can I stand yeah. there? Yeah, I think the thing is too, um, you know, we, we are critical thinkers. We we aren't use people. So when we do see something that is not really uh, working effectively or as it should do, we do say something. We do, you know, have something to say about that. And it wasn't done in a horrible way at all. It was done so constructively. Um, I think actually we were really patient, to be fair. Um, mm, I and, agree. You know, yeah, we still, you know, we still have no ill will uh you know, towards these people, it's, um, I, I think it could have been a lot better than, than it is, that's all. Yeah. Nicely understated. All right. <laughs> Members of the board and a shadow leader. This is the one I've been curious about. Mm -hmm. um, shadow leader. Shadow leader? So when I joined up and two board members were not disclosed to me, as Lee has um, testified to, one of these volunteers ended up being a board member and also the co-founder of the party, which I only found out recently. I did actually use the words a founding member to her about a, two weeks ago, to which I was corrected very quickly that she was the co-founder. Co-founder? Co-founder. Co-founder, yeah. You don't have to answer this, but is this the person in some of the, the, the picture that's been doing the rounds on social media? It was a great effort to hide her identity. When I first met her, it was at my announcement and she told me that she had to hide behind the signs so that she wouldn't be filmed. She didn't tell me why. I just assumed that maybe she'd taken a sick day off work or something like really innocent. Um, and then it just sort of became quite apparent that she didn't want her identity out there, which raised some questions for us because... She didn't mind that when she was in a different political party, she had a public-facing LinkedIn page until we started looking at it and it's been moved and moved and moved. So you start to wonder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was definitely um, yeah a few surprises there for me as well. I had put a picture up on my Facebook page, which she was in and was asked to remove it quite early on. It was, it was definitely last year. That wasn't this year. So... Someone like me would start wondering, are you working for someone else as well? We definitely had questions. Well, yeah, you definitely, it definitely piques your curiosity, right? And would that party just be the party that he used to belong to? <laughs> you don't have to answer <laughs> that if you don't want. Um, but people would try and join those dots. Okay, so shadow leader. I think we get the picture there. What about the um, removal, um, the proposal to remove the entrenchment of the Bill of Rights from Democracy NZ policy? Uh, we have had 
people comment on that. They've been a bit uneasy about hearing about that. What, what was all that about? I think it, he explained it as it needs to sort of um, uh, marry up with uh, legislation that uh, involves the Bill of Rights going back 30 years. I, I don't know too much more than that. But what what specifically do you think that was about? Um, well, it's probably better for Kirsten to speak to the guts of that, but um, I signed up to the party based on the knowledge that that was going to be one of the most important um, bottom lines for our party. So I was, I was surprised to see a word change. I was the same. So at my announcement, they were handing out brochures and pamphlets, which they had printed, which highlighted that they were going to entrench the Bill of Rights. And that was one of the founding principles that I signed up for as well. So I've been given a formal warning today, so I've got to be careful about what I say, but I have done an opinion piece about my views on the Bill of Rights, which I've posted on my Facebook page and Twitter account of what I think should happen. So maybe if people would like to read that, and I won't comment anymore, but as you've said, he has confirmed that the wording was changed. Yeah, so why would you start sending out warnings if there's nothing going on? You'd have to ask them that. We'll try. Okay. Um, have you got any thoughts as to why that proposal to remove the entrenchment of the Bill of Rights even saw the light of day? I can't access my emails. Obviously, they've cut us out of democracy in Z oh, emails, so I can't. Yeah. yeah. And I had been really busy that week, but all I got was the new policy which I was very surprised at the wording in and that it had been removed. And so I sent an email to one of the board members who was involved in that, saying that I was very concerned and what was the point. And I got an email back from a third party saying that he would call me, but that telephone conversation has never happened. Do you think there's still an association between Matt, the shadow leader, and the National Party? It, it's hard to confirm anything like that, but I mean, people can will have to draw their own conclusions there. Yeah, because I'm thinking here, um, and I'm sure others are. You can. It would be handy, and this may be completely off the planet, but in the absence of of really clear information, uh, you have to try, uh, like I say, join dots to run interference, kind of, and, and be there to mop up a tail end of voters needed at the last minute. You would want to main you you would have a that sort of relationship if you were the national party. Does that make any sense? Or am I just in cuckoo land? It makes sense, but I couldn't comment. No. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well you've got to try and explain this sort of behavior somehow. Do you think maybe it's a case of of Matt's taken on too much and he's in over his head? Um, it, it's it's always possible, and I think it's always the right thing to do to assume incompetence or lack of, um, you know, uh, infrastructure instead of malice. Hmm. Yeah, but if you've got a project going and it's, it looks like it's sort of coming apart, you, you're probably going to do everything you can to to try and keep it together, even if you're going down. Well, that's what we yeah. will. That was our thinking. That's how we act as professionals, to have constructive conversations, be grown up about things. Mm. 
Okay. Is there is there anything more to be said at this point then? I mean, I really want to thank you for both coming on, but um, um, I, I think uh, you, you've probably given us enough to kind of work where things might be without any detail. Do you think this party is can carry on now in any sort of way to have any sort of success? Because Matt is pretty sure that he's going to win Northland. He said that. He told us that. Lee, do you have any comments? I'm just being very careful today. Like I said, I I don't wish them any ill will whatsoever. Um, I I just think New Zealanders on the whole need to do a whole lot of research into whoever it is that they vote for. They just need to take responsibility for whoever they tick at that box on election day. Um, Mm. They need to read through the policies. They need to get to know people really well. Um, You know, you can only do that by spending time. But I think Kiwis in general... We're quite lazy voters. We we sort of sometimes look for charisma and in a in a face instead of you know looking deeper and seeing you know what a person is all about. And so mm. yeah, I, I don't know. I guess you know time will tell. Is he a very ambitious person? Because, you know, some people are ambitious and some people are really ambitious and will do anything to get to where they want to go, you know. I just don't know him well enough. Right, okay, yeah. fair enough. But you have to have a certain amount of drive and ego to to do that. Well, we were really looking for a new style of politics and I haven't found that within the party. It seems to have reverted back to an old model and I felt that I was in a different party. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that assessment. So what do you two do now? Back to your regular lives after all that effort and all that work and naively taking part in the political process? <laughs> what do you do next? Um, what do you do now? Yeah, give uh, full energy back into my business, um, my children, my grandkids, my husband. Um yeah, you know, just carry on as usual and still keep fighting against all the things that have stood up for uh, prior to this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm talking to a couple of parties that have reached out to me. So I've said I'll have conversations. I haven't made my mind up about anything. So, yeah, so we'll just see what happens there. But it'd be nice to have a bit of, it has been nice to have a bit of more time with my family. Um, I've been going for a bit of personal stuff with my family. So, and campaign throughout that. So, I think they appreciate having me back. Yeah. Um, they called you, those other parties, did they? Yes, both. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely been lots of phone calls, and that's been really heartening, actually. You know, people can see the value that we have to offer. And, um, you know, we we never saw a leadership position at all. This has been something that I know Kirsten and myself have both done out of a, a moral duty to our country. Um, yeah, I'm doing it for my child yeah. and for my grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be a politician, to be quite frank. But if that's yeah. the vehicle I need to use to make some change, and then help make the change, and then mentor other people to step up and step back, I'll do it. Um, have you heard from other candidates still in the party and still active? And um, you don't need to sort of reveal what was said, but what what is the discourse like? Uh, I mean, is there any communication? Is there anyone sort of 
kind of feeling what you felt, but it is hanging in there. What's happening? Yeah, most most definitely, I can say that from my perspective. Yeah, that's the case. Definitely before um, that Saturday, there definitely was, and also we've got to remember VJ resigned before us, so there were six candidates that have left. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it'll be fascinating to see what happens next then with <laughs> Democracy NZ, right? Yep. And well, what, uh, what an experience interest. to have. <laughs> uh, I got a feeling that we might not have seen the last <laughs> yeah. of you guys, actually. Let's see. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I actually said we'll continue fighting whatever form that takes. We will continue fighting for freedom to stop the erosion of democracy in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So like today I put a... Um, useful link on my Facebook page about how to search for submissions. So if you want to see what a party's submissions are, um, I've taken step by step about how you can do that. Yep. Cool. All right. Yep. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know it's sort of, um, you know, sort of walk, walking through a bit of a minefield here. I get that. But I think we've sort of traversed it, come out the other side just. And um, it, it's been really interesting to hear what you both had to say. So thank you to Kirsten Murford and Lee Smith former Democracy NZ candidates, and all the best to you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.